Hello, Hi. everyone. Hey. And welcome back to another episode of the Rad House Games Podcast. Here we are. As always, again. I'm Ian. I'm Robbie. Let's go into Dread. Dread me up before you go, go. So, um, on my uh, on my birthday, not this year, but the year before, I had a, uh, a party where I hosted a game of Dread. Wait, it was last year. Your birthday last year, right? Because yeah, your not- birthday hasn't happened this year. So it wouldn't be this year. Wait, your birthday did happen this year. I know how time works. Continue. I said I continue. Had, I had a game of Dread that I hosted. Um, and for those of you who are not familiar with the game, uh, we highly recommend it. It is a horror RPG designed mainly for one-shots, um, where uh, players, uh, whenever they need to do some sort of challenge or something, instead of like rolling dice like a lot of tabletop RPGs, they draw blocks from a Jenga tower, um, which makes things even more tense the farther you get in. And if you ever knock over the Jenga tower, you are removed from the story, usually through death. That's pretty great. It's pretty great. Uh, so uh, I want to talk about a few things. I, uh, some of the interesting aspects of this Dread Party I had. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do it in a cyberpunk setting. Uh, players were... Um, going to be logging into and investigating a mysterious server that's only online for certain hours and you have to they had to solve an uh an arg uh alternate reality game to figure out when even when it was coming online and then they didn't need they needed to show up there and uh and then it was going to be full of weird creepiness and puzzles and uh um and ultimately some sort of monstrous entity we'll get to that um but uh, the first thing that happens with Dread is you don't have character sheets, so you have character questionnaires, and we sent those out. Um, and uh, I kind of picked and chose. The, the questionnaires were different from player to player. I picked and chose and sent stuff to uh, each of my players. Um, so, honestly, it, it's been a while since we did this, and the reason for the time gap is because there was talk for a while of coming back and doing a part two. Uh, I've pretty much abandoned that at this point, so I'm just going to spill all my secrets uh, on the podcast here. All um, my secrets of dread yes um but the first thing i sent players was uh a teaser mm-hmm. which was just um a, a gif of a uh, um just like a kind of theater curtains and the theater or the curtains raised up and you saw like a forest and woods and there was a tower in the middle um and uh and and that was it except that wasn't it because uh, what I didn't tell my players when I sent this to them um, was that uh, this was this was actually a puzzle. There was a hidden meaning in here, and um, only one player noticed anything weird about it at all, mm-hmm. which was uh, um, uh, Michael. If you are familiar with uh, uh, Robbie's other podcast, uh, Michael noticed that uh, um, some of the some of the frames in the GIF had little puzzle pieces you could kind of see just pop into frame mm-hmm. um but she didn't think anything of it i mean to be fair i saw the puzzle pieces i saw one of them <laughs> there were more yes but I, so i was just i don't know so um ultimately the the little puzzle that came with uh that i wasn't sure if anyone would get and nobody did uh, was um, each frame there are 26 frames mm-hmm. and i thought that if someone if if someone decided to count the frames that would be a dead giveaway. Oh, 
26 the number of letters in the alphabet and then so assign each frame a letter uh and then find the frames with puzzle pieces um and that uh ended up giving you uh giving you the letters oh in order i guess that would have been uh a um should have, I should have written this down. I don't know that you need to go through all the yeah. letters. So, well, it, and, and then and then you use the shape of the puzzle pieces to put them in order. And it's spelled out T-U-L-P-A, just tulpa. Okay. Um, which is a paranormal entity, uh, like thought form entity that's created from people's thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, that was the answer to the teaser puzzle. Uh, and so uh, um, players got... What did I give you guys for figuring out stuff? I gave you... I had little rewards. Oh, yeah, like, um, little, like, things you could spend to further investigations or to, um, uh, uh, and some of the blocks you pulled out had little symbols on them, too, that let you do stuff. Oh, that's right. Um, so you could spend them to, like, uh, for me to give you a clue about something. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was the teaser puzzle, um, players were assigned a tarot card and each one of those gave them kind of a, a different player power but they didn't know what their powers were unless it triggered oh. uh and so that was uh there were a couple times where players um uh i stopped and was like okay you can do this if you want and uh particularly one of our friends got one where um they could force someone to make a poll they were trying to abandon uh um yeah, so, uh, like, like things like that, where there were mm-hmm. little, like, weird little uh, mechanics that, that uh, only a few of which ever kind of crept up. Um, uh, the other thing is when players sat down to play, I had programmed, uh, I, I, I'm not a very good programmer, but I know a little bit of C++ yeah. uh, from back in the day, and I had programmed uh, a UI for people to just be able to, like, test in, or, or like, type in, uh, like, passwords or codes and if they typed it incorrectly, it would give them a response. If they typed it in incorrectly, it would say command not recognized. And that was it. Um, and so they could do that while they were playing. Um, and that was kind of supposed to be part of the whole cyberpunk nature of you're messing around with stuff on your computer and stuff while also uh, interfacing with the other players. And yeah. uh, and so, um, I, you know, it was, it was like I, I pulled some I pulled some weird shit with this uh did some some kind of off the wall stuff um so uh but um but everyone kind of got to make their characters and i kind of gave them um uh some skeletal outline stuff like you know some of the questionnaires were guiding towards one thing others towards another one person's was like you're not who you say you are who who are you really mm-hmm. and like you know stuff like that um uh and the whole the whole idea is everyone was logged into this server and they were all like every, you saw each other's avatars you didn't see yeah who they actually were um so uh so i don't know robbie you want to talk about your character for a second i believe i was a like the equivalent of a youtube star yeah. like a live streamer where, uh, did what did, did i just delve into internet mysteries or something like that yeah um and in fact, throughout the gameplay, I was like private messaging you like things people were posting on yeah, your video comments. as you were. Um, I didn't keep up with that as much as I'd have liked to, just because it's a lot to do while you're running while you're DMing, a game. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, you were uh, kind of 
I think the premise was your character kind of seemed like like your whole thing was authenticity mm-hmm. and it never came up but your character was nothing like <laughs> you presented yourself <laughs> online uh, um, so yeah there was some there was some stuff there uh, but um, once you guys got dropped in um, you kind of uh, were wandering through this uh, kind of fairy tale forest you got dropped in on the outskirts of this forest but uh um the way i described it was uh the connection was really weird and laggy um and uh the uh um all the all the trees and stuff were made out of two-dimensional assets Mm -hmm. so there was just like like 2d clip art that was kind of constantly turned to face you yeah uh, wherever you were um and then uh um there was just the sound of like orchestra tuning mm-hmm. for for the whole kind of beginning bit and then it started playing a um a classical piece called the Azrael Symphony uh that was also functionally their game timer though I also didn't tell the players this when yeah. the symphony ended the game ended mm-hmm. um uh the game did slow down very quickly because nobody wanted to do anything. Everyone was terrified yeah. of making pulls from the, um, from the we gender We kind power. of found out this game is scarier than we gave it credit for. Yeah. Because we're not really affected much by horror. Yeah. Um, I did do some... I, I did some uh, really interesting kind of fun technical things to kind of try and keep the, the tension up. Uh, whenever creepy things would start happening, I'd start playing like Mosquito, uh, like the Mosquito Pitch sounds over our speakers which no none of the players could hear mm-hmm. but they could all kind of feel mm-hmm. uh without knowing and then i also did like the horror like horror movies use those really deep tones that you also can't hear but you can kind of feel the vibrations of yeah. i played those at various points too to kind of set stuff up and then there were these like mechanical monstrosities kind of roaming around that uh when players would get close to them i'd play the kind of roar they make yeah. and uh that's good um, some nice sound design i think the f- i might you know and i definitely tried to set up the right moments where like during a poll someone would hear the the screech of the yeah of the thing and i put a lot of attention and effort into the sound in this um so uh but i also kind of wanted it to be a little overstimulating because like you know one of the one of the differences between like a techno horror and like a isolationist horror is this is like stuff's always going on and the what's terrifying is that like you should be able to access help but help doesn't necessarily care mm-hmm. um so i don't know it's kind of there's a whole weird kind of aspect i was trying to do with that to make this very different from uh particularly just very different from the other dread games i'd seen because the the ones we've watched have all been uh you're alone out on a rafting trip or in the woods or mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah. um so uh so i wanted to make this just feel very weird and different players also had the option to just leave at any point i know I, that would you know may not have been the most interesting thing but i made sure everyone knew it was like the only thing keeping you going here is your own curiosity to figure out what's going on yeah um uh and none of and none of them did um well i mean until time ran out you guys had to end um but uh but overall things went way slower than i expected and had prepared for because everyone was so afraid to make polls yeah you guys figured out from uh so the other thing is i kind of made sure to play up this whole layered aspect of this is all a simulation or in the computer or something so 
I let, um, so ultimately the solution to get through the forest maze, because the trees were kind of made in a ways that it was a wall and you couldn't get through them. Um, but if you analyzed that 2D graphics asset uh, on the back of it, which you never saw because it was always turned towards you, um, there was like directions for how to get through the maze. You guys had the idea of like, well, what if we change it? Will that change the arrangement of the maze? And I kind of let you do that partially because it was an interesting, clever solution, like direction I hadn't thought of. Mm -hmm. And partially because it was taking the group so long that <laughs> I was kind of like, yeah, I'll let them cut through the maze uh -huh. of this. Um, and you still had to deal with a couple monsters on your way through. But mm -hmm. uh, um, so, yeah, it was uh, um, <clears throat> once you guys got through there, um, you got to uh, um, it did become it apparent almost instantaneously that one of the players was not human uh that was a thing yeah um the character was not nefarious or anything no. they just were an artificial intelligence um who were whose uh operator had gone missing essentially and they were trying to figure out what was going on with this for that reason yeah um uh there was another I mean, like several, but but one of the main themes of this was curiosity. I really wanted to make it driven by your own interest and curiosity. Um, the uh, um, at the center of the forest maze was a tower uh, that if you or that once you guys got to, uh, um, there were just a bunch of broken stairways kind of trying to lead up, and there were a bunch of those metallic creatures going around. And this was the part of the game where everything ground to a complete halt because the whole point of this was I'm going to like, this is the, this is the part of the game where it's like physically dangerous stuff that you're going to be pulling for. Yeah. And nobody wanted to pull. Yeah. Everybody. I was, mean, to be fair, yeah, you did. me. So, but one of the things I did here was um, they were trying to climb this tower, but they were also trying to do it without being noticed by these creatures. So first of all, um, uh, so what I, I ended up doing a thing where, um, as you're balancing precariously to show that while Robbie was making a pull, he had to stand on one foot. And if he wanted to do it quietly, I made him do it while holding a bell and he had to make sure the bell didn't ring mm -hmm. or else he'd draw the attention of the creatures, Yeah, which probably would have been fine for him. Cause he was already part way up the stairs. Yeah. It probably would have been bad for other people. <laughs> um, uh, and if he, you know, knocked over the tower, then he'd have like fallen and then gotten pounced on by creatures or something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's, uh, you know, but the whole, the whole thing about the Jenga tower is the more rickety it gets, the, the more the tension is raised and the kind of, uh, the closer it is for someone to get taken out essentially. Um, but, uh, none of my players wanted to pull, so <laughs> very few of them did, uh, you and then, uh, uh, one other person there was like willing to actually step in and do stuff. Um, we did have a, uh, uh, at this point someone had gotten one of those clue blocks and spent it to, um, they really weren't picking up on my hint, so I kind of gift wrapped the, the, the puzzle. But uh, one, but I had a bunch of like hidden optional puzzles that did not have anything to do with the flow of the game. They were just there for uh, for additional like insight as to what's going on. Um, and this one was uh, well, no. So at this point, one of my players actually hacked my UI I'd programmed and skipped one of my puzzles and gave me an answer and i was like that's clever that's good don't do that again mm -hmm. but i'll give you the the points for it this time yeah um and then uh they uh um 
which that puzzle that was supposed to be the um uh the intended was while you guys were wandering around and while the sound design was going on there was going to be very faintly in the background this backwards audio clip it was backwards and slowed down mm-hmm. and if you guys had noticed it or mentioned it or something i'd have offered you guys to be able to analyze the audio and um I'd have just, you, uh, you guys had computers and stuff. I told people to bring their computers for the most part. Um, and so I was just going to, on a USB, give you that audio file. At which point, if you had taken it into an edi- editor, flipped it around backwards and sped it up again to kind of make up for that thing, you'd have heard the scene in Peter Pan where Peter Pan was telling uh, the children to clap if they believed in fairies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was uh, uh, um, kind of the... That, that was one of the things that if you then typed uh like i believe in fairies or something into the into the ui it would have given you a response mm-hmm. um and then by getting that response i'd have given you bonus things to be able to use to spend for clues and stuff um so if you guys had gotten to which i was about to since people were just not moving i was about to like have the whole place flip upside down and have those force of you pulls. those of you ha- who yeah force pulls and those of you who had gotten partial the part of the way up the stairs were going to pull fewer because you fell far didn't fall as far yeah um th- i was about to do that uh but I, but I think we called the game earlier than that i think that your guys's timer ran out um but uh once so so now is here where i can pull back the curtain and say this is what was left yeah up the stairs was a library, and uh, there was a whole puzzle. There's a big puzzle. There's the one you like. It, was, it and the maze were the ones you had to solve to like finish the story route. Um, but this one, uh, there were going to be a bunch of books, and um, then there was your there was going to be like a um, a big book that was just called Libris on a. Uh, um, on a pedestal in there and it had what looked like just a bunch of computer code. Mm-hmm. I was going to give you guys the code. Uh, and if you kind of followed what it did from just trying to figure it out from the computer programming, um, you'd realize that you could plug numbers into it and it would give you different results. And mm-hmm. each, and each function in the book kind of gave you was kind of a different, a different process. And, uh, and each one told you to, like look in a certain area so then if you went and looked in those areas and found those books each one of those books was going to contain an important number so i what i had here was uh oh man um so i know one of them was hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy okay uh so 42 was the number you were supposed to get from it (laughs) uh from being pointed to that book um and uh one of them was lord of the rings and the the number was the total number of magic rings, uh, which I don't even know off the top of my head. Nine. Wait. Oh no. Cause nine. There's to the nine humans, to the men. Nine to the seven men. to the dwarf lords. Three to the elves, and then the one ring to rule them all. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so you're gonna need to get numbers from each of these books, uh, and there were three of them, and then plug them into the things to like do its like weird equation, and uh, then that was gonna kind of get you the. That was going to get you the favorable you win outcome of the whole thing. Like, you solved this place's puzzle. Um, But the whole thing was also kind of a trap. 
the uh-huh. the whole point of this whole of this whole thing was uh um what kind of eventually became weirdly apparent is that there was some kind of entity that like whoever made this game uh this uh, alternate reality game that drew all these uh people in to begin with uh was luring them in for something and the main thing is this this is this entity is a very curious entity um and the the so the story concept was this creature essentially an artificial intelligence um kind of spontaneously generates online uh similar to like you know what people think of as like you know fairies being born from trees and stuff like that like these creatures like you know this kind of new age mythical entity appears and it's not sure even what it is Mm -hmm. um but it it's a very curious entity and it loves curiosity um and so it's kind of going around and searching all over the internet to try and figure out what it is so things like a tulpa or a fairy Mm -hmm. or um one of the and one of one of the clues one of the things if you'd solved gave you a uh, one of the side ones gave you an isbn number that if you figured out it was an isbn number looked up the book it was a book of fairy tales Mm. um stuff like that like weird little cryptic puzzles here and there and uh that weren't so much giving you an answer as to what this thing is but were giving you uh, giving you each one was kind of its speculations as to what it thinks it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, um, I'm trying to remember. So at one point, that's right. One of the symbols people could use to look through a connected camera. And at one point a player looked at um, and like described someone else they could like see through the thing's eyes that's mm-hmm. what it was if they used it if they used that that like symbol power up they could see through the thing's eyes yeah and they saw someone uh and i described what they saw and it was one of the players like real identities quote unquote like yeah. the, who they were outside of the thing uh and like it was watching them while they were playing and what happened was very early on one player kind of set themselves apart as the curious one who was who like was most interested in figuring things out Mm -hmm. and i'd already planned this that's who this thing was going to be drawn to essentially as prey as like this is who this is who i'm interested in this is who i'm kind of after and uh so and this was my cousin uh so my cousin's character um was definitely being like hunted by this thing and nobody at any point in the game really um because you had like one player who was essentially trying to hack my game and just get bypass everything yeah um which was a little bit in the spirit of things but definitely not in the spirit of kind of the curiosity of the Mm -hmm. thing uh and then you had like your character whose whole thing was kind of kind of views and kind of popularity um but uh uh but we and you were the one who was willing to kind of do the the more dexterous block pulling (laughs) things pulling Um, a block on one hand while not ringing a bell which you did on one hand on one foot (laughs) uh yeah so uh but anyway um so essentially, no matter what you guys did, the climax of this whole thing was going to be the same. And uh, that was when this game shuts down, either through being beaten or from time running out, uh, that person, um, like everyone just kind of logs off, goes t- about their life, goes to sleep, except that person wasn't actually doing that mm-hmm. um, by... So there was this... So there was the moment where like I described, like, you know, you kind of do your evening routine, you lay down... And something just doesn't feel quite right. Mm-hmm. And so I made her make a poll, <laughs> um, which she could have failed. 
and I've just been like, you're found dead. Yeah. Um, and that would, that's how that would have ended. Uh, but she makes this poll and I'm like, um, you swear you still feel the restraints on your wrist of sitting in your chair and you still feel all this stuff. And it's like, essentially by stu- having the time to study her and where she lived, this thing had created a VR version of her place. So when she tried to log off instead, she was kind of, she quote unquote woke up yep. in this fake version of her home where things just felt slightly wrong Mm -hmm. and um so when she realizes that she is able to reach up and take the thing off her face and as soon as she does the 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 creature is right there staring at her Mm -hmm. um which is like humanoid but it's made up of like this amalgam of wires and uh you know all the stuff has these long sharp kind of fingers um and uh as soon as she um so and then and then my idea from the very beginning was uh, as soon as this happens, um, unless other players do things to try to help, but the way things went down, she didn't have any of her contact information. She hadn't, uh, or rather she did, but she couldn't communicate out. It was yep. a weird thing. Um, and you guys weren't like keeping an eye on her cause you hadn't like caught on to this whole plot side of things. Um, so she was completely by herself mm-hmm. and the plan was, um, you guys could do stuff to give the player more advantages, but at the end of the game, it was going to come down to this creature, aka me as the GM, and the pl- that player just playing a game of Jenga, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where with what was left of the tower, they'd make a pull, then I'd make a pull, then yeah. they'd make a pull, and like I said, like if if you guys had caught on to stuff, you could do stuff to give them advantages and stuff, but that hadn't happened. However. Uh, I'd never played with the giant Jenga tower before. Um, and the weight on that is a little bit different. Yep. Uh, the, uh, um, my strategy every time I play Jenga, which I, cause the reason this was actually considered a big challenge is because I consider myself quite good at Jenga. Um, <laughs> we played speed Jenga. Yeah. With which... Jenga with a chess clock. If you ever get to do that, oh it's God. great. It's very intense. Um, but, uh, the first thing I do is I'll pull, two blocks from one side to just destabilize the whole thing because mm-hmm. uh, it's it's more likely that my opponent will screw up usually. Yeah. Um, uh, this time, though, uh, evidently that, that one block was just just enough to topple the thing. It was a, a close pull, but um, she did make a really epic pull before that. It was the one to notice to notice what was going on, I yep. think. It was a really... It was really good. I, by the time I even started, that tower was rickety as it hell. Was, it was. Um, but nobody died, and but it was it was still it was still really uh, interesting. I'm trying to think, what some of the other really good. Um, oh, I didn't mention the dragonfly puzzle, or the hourglass. So the other thing is, once those metal creatures saw you guys in the tower, I flipped over the hourglass to be like, they're coming at you. You have yeah. to. You guys have to make pulls before the sand runs out, or you're dead. Um, the uh, uh, the other puzzle that one of the people did solve, but I, I gave them a lot of help for, um, was uh, I mentioned that they. Like in this forest, they do see these like butterflies, these mm-hmm. green butterflies flying around. But they also notice a dragonfly that just kind of zips in and out. Yeah. Um. Uh. Which, looking for like the art assets and the files, they couldn't find. Mm-hmm. It was like the art asset popped into the f- the server just in time for it to kind of flick through and then popped out again. Yeah. Um. So they had to catch the dragonfly. Um. The thing is, there was nothing they could do in game to catch the dragonfly. Uh. The way I've got my apartment set up, I kind of have. Uh, you know, I like cyberpunk imagery. And so I kind of have cables kind of 
dangling around on the walls and stuff. And I have a bunch of origami butterflies, mm-hmm. green origami butterflies, yep. folded and put along the cables on the wall in my apartment. And I had folded an origami, one origami dragonfly amongst them and hung, up, hung it up there. So if the players uh, found the actual real world, here's the dragonfly, um, and unfolded it, it gave them... Oh, yeah, it, it gave them the line... The flaw with the Turing test uh, is um, it assumes that the uh, AI w- in some way wants to appear human. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and that was the clue that pointed you towards this thing being an AI, which it entertained the possibility of, yep. but it also had no desire to be human-like. So yep. it was like... This is a bullshit test. Mm-hmm. I I can still be art, uh, artificially intelligent without passing it because I don't want to be human. Yeah. Um. But uh. So anyway, yeah. It was a. I don't know. Um. But then the other part of the the thing they the thing the players did figure out is that the server wasn't an actual server. It was a virtual server that had pieces of it hosted on a bunch of like actual servers elsewhere, which is why it was so laggy. Okay. Um. Was that uh there was no physical location for this place. Mm-hmm. It was essentially a bunch of servers coordinated to come together and use pieces of their space to create a virtual server. And then, uh, and which is, so yeah, it's, it, it was, it was a weird, fun experiment that, uh, I really enjoyed a lot of pieces of. And, yeah. uh, um, I think my players, uh, went away pretty confused, but, uh, <laughs> Um, just cause there was, there were a lot of unanswered questions at the end. Uh, though the one player did, because, because I knocked over the tower in the, in our Jenga match did, uh, survive the ordeal and, uh, um, I think, uh, grabbed a bat and like hit me or something like that. She yeah. kept fire and, uh, pushed me away and, and then like it vanished and the creature vanished and they were like, uh, okay, that was fun. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so your thoughts? Did any of that? Um, I mean, it was really fun, but it kind of, and again, we, like we learned this playing this game, we need we we had to be more specific when picking characters because it really felt, or when picking characters, when picking players, because it really felt like two people were playing the game. Yeah. Um, and other people were enjoying sitting back and trying to do some of the puzzles, but yeah, uh, like in fact, two even requested like, can we just sit back and do puzzles and do nothing else yeah um so evidently yeah uh which is which is weird because like you said we don't think of no people were stressed out (laughs) about the jenga puzzles um so yeah that's uh uh but i don't know i enjoyed it i really want to do another uh dread game and and that one i think more than anything i can even come up with now just just did some i did some weird unique things with it that, yeah which is why i wanted to have the podcast episode about it mm-hmm. is because it just uh it was it was this weirdly layered story that didn't like that part of what made it interesting but also a little infuriating or should have been infuriating from your guys' perspective is it doesn't quite come together yeah because the creature itself doesn't know what it is but yeah um that was uh i don't know it was it was a fun one on my from my end of yeah, things nice. We'll have to come back after I do my game, maybe yes. eventually, supposedly, Better. allegedly. You've been look. You've been saying you want to do it since I did mine. I do and, it. I and just sit down and do the work. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh huh. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Yeah. And uh, um, 
do some interesting weird shit with your RPGs and uh, and uh, let us know about it because I I I'm all about these weird kind of one-off experiences that are just going to be completely unique and this this is one of those few instances where I really think that I did one yeah anyway bye. Bye-bye.